0: Hi, Celio. Uh, Hi. I just, how are you?
1: Oh, well, very good. Very excited with uh, this amazing guest. So I want to catch all beautiful energy and try to do something beautiful for us, for everybody.
0: Thank you. Okay, I will um, share how I know you and about our show before I introduce Ryan. Um, but you can start. Yeah. Okay. If you want to. And see then we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you at the end and see what what you want to share with us. Yep. Okay. So yeah, Celio, um, he's an amazing artist. We actually um, curated an exhibit together at the Venice Biennale at the end of 2019 um, in the name of this show, Humanizing the Icon which was inspired by artwork in my Mary Pickford film. So somebody saw a rough cut and welcomed us to Venice and I was able to curate an exhibit and humanizing the icon went into everything from spirituality and mythology, all the way up to pop culture, kind of like cracking open the paradigm of what is icon? What is human? And it's not, it's, you know, a lot of people just want to jump to fame and it's, it's really, it's, well, we'll see what you think. Icon really is, but um, so yeah, Chellio is really incredible. Um, so it is so nice to reconnect with you.
2: I know after so long, it's so good to see you. You too.
0: It has been. I mean, we shot a film in two thousand nine that Julie Pacino was directing, and your little brother played my son.
2: Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And you were what, like 12? Uh, I think so. I can't, like, what year was
0: 2009? Like that was,
2: tw- was that 12 years ago, 11 Something years like ago. Something like that, yeah. So, yeah, I think I was about 12, um, which is such a different, bizarre 12 was a weird year for me.
0: <laughs> okay, why? Let's start there. <laughs>
2: so, okay, sure. So, my little brother, we're, you know we're both actors and um, both grew up acting together, doing some films together, but we regardless if, if one of us worked, the other would always go with them to set. And he was doing a film in Pittsburgh that year for three months. And so I like went with him to Pittsburgh and like left all of my friends and left my pets and it felt I felt like depression for the first time because I was also like Pittsburgh was not the best I'm sure it's really fun as someone who can like legally like drink and do things but as a 12 year old I was like what the fuck like this is <laughs> so gloomy and sad and I was just really really sad and that was just the first time I remember feeling like what's wrong with me but it was also so special because we moved like we did that we did this stuff in New York with you guys yeah this is so special and we got to meet so many different people and travel so much it was so cool
0: Um, Uh oh i lost your audio wait
2: Hmm? did you say something i think i lost you for a second
0: your audio is like cutting in and out
2: fuck me (laughs) let me let me try to oh my goodness okay hmm is that better or is that worse?
0: Is it, is it like a wireless headset? No. No, it's not. I, I can't hear you anymore. What,
2: can you hear me now?
0: <laughs> hear me Mercury's now? in retrograde, by the way. Is this better? Nope. Huh? There. Wait.
3: Is it worse or better?
2: Oh, I can't hear you. Fuck. Okay, hang on. Let me, let me try this again.
0: Now I can hear you through the computer. I just turned my computer back up. Okay. Was that enough? Which they can hear you this way if that.
2: This works for me.
0: If you can okay. hear me. Okay.
2: Yeah. I don't know how computers or technology or any of it work.
0: So. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. Cause you're freezing on Instagram. I think it's your connection.
2: My phone is so bad. Cause it's so old.
0: Okay, um, we can just roll with it. And if people want to hop over to Facebook, it's uh it's jennifer.r.dalia. Oh, there you are. You're back.
2: Okay. I'm back. Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay. Let...
0: Okay. Uh, well good. Um, so you were saying that so you were like, did you actually experience depression like to where you had to call attention to it, like you were like concerned about your state?
2: I was just like really, really miserable. And the only also like I mean, you're growing up working on sets like you are surrounded by people who are older than you all the time. And I got really good at making friends with people who were much older than me, but I was truly had no one my age, except for my little brother, who was often working. And so I did experience like a very real depression, but I don't think I knew what that was. I think I was very like everyone feels sadness and that's just what this is. I'm just like sad um Mm. and so I just felt this deep sadness for a long time without really calling attention to it because I didn't want to make people think I was like I don't know I thought I was like special or my feelings were like more important than theirs Mm. when in reality I was experiencing something like totally real and heartbreaking that was like I don't know even if your trauma is like less than another person's like that doesn't make it invalid. No. Um, So I think that's what I was dealing with when I was 12 years old. (laughs) Wow.
0: And what movie was Ty doing? He was doing
2: a movie called The Next Three Days with Russell Crowe and Elizabeth Banks, um, who Russell is still like a very close, very good family friend. And it was a really special experience um for a lot of reasons. We got our dog Chapin when we were making that movie, who was like still to this day, my best friend in the whole world. Um, so yeah.
0: <laughs> so you're able to see the like the silver lining and experiences that were really, really challenging.
2: Yeah, you, I think you have to, because it's like you you go through that, but it's still like, it's not all, I mean, it is, it can feel all consuming, especially when you're in it, but you look back and you realize like these lovely little moments that you had to find to get through it, I guess, you know?
0: That's really beautiful. And that was the first time you had to, like, leave home for three months and, like, duck out of school for that long?
2: I actually, no. But I, I wasn't doing it for me, you know? When yeah. I was in third grade, <laughs> <laughs> did, like, movie after movie after movie. I think I, like, only attended, like, school in person for, like, two months. Um, and that was really hard and confusing as well. And then when I was in, before that, when I was in second grade, I did a Broadway show and my family and I, we moved to New York and I was like working uh, like at this theater like every single day. So I'd had those experiences of like intense work and being around not people your age, but they had all been for me and I was the one like doing the work, you know? Whereas yeah. on this one, I was very much just there with my little brother while he was doing work and I was like I don't know reading a book in Pittsburgh or something you know
0: I just remember like how like intellectually advanced you were and like you felt like such an old soul
2: that's very sweet I get that kind of a lot
0: (laughs) I, I I gathered um well speaking of your journey in terms of um getting into acting so young and like you say working with seasoned professionals and just being in the set environment um what has that been like for you in terms of growing up
2: it's interesting i mean i'm really i had a really cool weird childhood that i'm really grateful for because i was able to do this this thing so deeply that never really felt like work when i was a kid mm-hmm. like there were times where it did just cuz you you get so busy but i you mostly just see it as this like play and this expression and i from a really young age sort of understood acting to be like an escape and like a type of therapy mm. rather than like a work but it's weird growing up i never had social issues really as far as like oh i was surrounded by only adults i didn't know how to talk to kids my own age like that was part of it maybe but i think i did really well considering that and mm. i was able to mature at a really young age but what is weird is becoming an adult and suddenly becoming conscious of like the fact that the work you're doing has like a method to it. (laughs) Yeah. Achieve your goals. And that I think is something that like every transitioning young actor goes through and why so many end up struggling for a while in between like being a teenager and being an adult. Cause it's like, you have to sort of relearn what you've been doing your whole life which is really weird and really scary. Um, But it's also really exciting and, and fun.
0: So it's like something that just seemed to come naturally or they would say you'd have like a raw gift for it. Um, is something that you're suddenly like, oh, wait, now I'm aware that I'm doing this thing. Yeah, becoming aware of breathing. It's like, oh, wait, I've been doing this without thinking about it. And now suddenly I'm being asked to think about it. And I don't know what I'm doing.
2: Yeah, no, that's exactly it's it is like being aware of breathing. You're like, I've been doing this based off of instinct, and very natural feeling. And in, in some ways, that's still there. Like if I have to have a best friend in a film or like a sibling in a film. And I think this is also because I've worked with my actual younger brother so much. Like I try to build those relationships before we start working so that that chemistry is just like naturally there. Mm-hmm. And as many things as I can do like that of like, I did, I did one film where my character carried around this ceramic doll with her the entire movie. So for weeks leading up to filming that, I carried around for like a month before I carried around the doll with me because I was like, well, I need to understand like what this connection feels like. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that comes from a place of like when you're a kid going through those things, you're like actually really feeling them. Mm -hmm. And then you're an adult and you're like, okay, how can I get myself to that place that when I was a child, I was just instinctually like thrown into, you know?
0: Did you ever go, oh, wait, like I really am talented. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like this wasn't just like a childhood like happy accident like I can actually <laughs> do <this. laughs>
2: I don't know if I ever feel that way sometimes you're on a set and it just feels really right like um the the film I did with the doll that, was, that movie was called Lady World and that felt really special because every single actress on that film we were all the same age for mm. we like a few years and we were all putting in like more effort than we ever had before and it felt like everyone was sort of in the same boat of that experience of becoming conscious of like breathing yeah. and really like putting blood, sweat and tears into it. And that felt like, oh wow, this is really special that we're able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the film that I just did also that I just got back from, there were moments where I was like, wow, I'm really lucky that I really enjoy doing this thing and I'm not terrible at it. Yeah. between every job, I'm always like, oh, I'm a terrible actor. I have no <laughs> idea what the fuck I'm doing.
0: I know actors that have been doing it for decades and decades and are some of the most like prolific legendary actors um they you know and they still have those feelings
2: yeah I don't think it ever goes away I was listening to an interview with Adam Driver a year or so ago um and I think he was asked like does it ever get easy or like do you ever show up and just know what you're gonna do and he's like no it always feels like you're throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. Like It always changes and it always feels like you're grasping at straws. And I think he said, like, and if it didn't feel that way, like you wouldn't be doing it. Like if it felt easy or if you were, just had the confidence to be like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing, then you wouldn't be doing the actual work that you need to do.
0: Yeah, it's something, um, it's almost like more like life than life kind of you know because it's so spontaneous and there's so much vitality in it and if you're not really present you're kind of not doing it
2: it's yeah it's this total presence and but the scariest thing for me is that sometimes I mean you do as much preparation as you can so that when you're actually there you feel so present but then sometimes you discover something while you're like literally in the middle of filming a scene That you're like, holy fuck, I've never considered this before. (laughs) And it's because you're feeling it in real time. And you're like, that's what acting is. But you're like, oh my God, like, did I forget to do that? Like, I've never considered that. And we did all of these scenes where I wasn't thinking about that. And like, is this going to work? I don't know. But that's like the magic of it is it's very present and on your toes. And people, you know, talk about the difference between film versus theater. And that theater is that 100%. But film is almost like that and every single person's doing it. Like the cameraman also needs to be a thousand percent present. You can't just pace it off of like a shot list that you came up with before. Like the sound guy's going to find something different every take. And it's up to just the directors to like weave that together, which is really scary.
0: Yeah. Tell me about it. (laughs) I've been working on my movie for 10 years. Okay. We want to talk about that. Um, (laughs) um, there's so many things though. So, okay. Shifting a little bit just to being you, being your generation, um, having your personal experience, like of icon of the industry of social media, like all these sort of constructs that you've seen change a lot too, as you've grown up. Um, I know I certainly have. Like, how do you feel about these sort of now cliche movements? Like Me Too and and sexual identity and just like this kind of reclamation of power that's kind of going on um, in a way. Like, what is your stance on these things?
2: I think it's been been a really interesting thing to like come of age during. Because I remember when I've always been, very passionate about like human rights like it's just always been and I think it's because like I grew up a young woman in an industry sort of controlled by men but as soon as I stepped into it that was already starting to change like when I was young when I was really young I always said like oh I want to be a director like I want to be the person who's in charge and I've been talking to people who are a bit older than me now and they're like no I never even had that thought because I never got to work with any female directors um, which is something that I never even you know that never even crossed my mind as an issue and is that because there was more representation or is that because I was just a dumb kid I don't know but I've always been super hyper aware of, of these things and I remember at a really young age someone told me you can't be an actor and an activist which I was like what <laughs> or you have people like Laverne Cox or or, or I even like Rose McGowan or, you know, this Me Too movement thing where the two have become so heavily linked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's both really encouraging, but also something I think you have to be really not suspicious of, but you have to check yourself and that conversation constantly. Like, it's really encouraging because I myself feel I was... Almost never in a situation like a Me Too Harvey Weinstein situation because that conversation was happening around me as I was growing up. So I knew I had, I knew how to read the signs and I knew I had the right to, you know, protect myself. But that's also because I was raised by really lovely people and I was really fortunate that all of the sets I grew up on for the most part were like, you know, very protective of me as a young person. But also that conversation you know, coming about at a time where I was growing up was hugely protective of me. Mm-hmm. But there's also, I am hyper aware of like, people making those movements, their personality and mm-hmm. utilizing that as a means of gains rather than as a means of actually helping people. Um, whether it's pop feminism you know, w- exploiting movements in that way, or whether it's sort of like, there's a big conversation of like, queer baiting going around right now. What's that? So it's like, it's like, it's almost like posing as gay mm. or queer in some way. Um, and almost using queer as like a buzzword, mm. when it has something to do with what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, give slack to a lot of straight actors who play queer characters, which I have my own personal thoughts on. Um,
0: we, you want to share that next?
2: <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll, sure. So I mean, so this is my very personal opinion. And it w- what is frustrating is when you see every queer role taken by a straight mm-hmm. actor. That sucks. But I also think sexuality is such a fluid thing at least it is for me personally that it ebbs and flows in this way that everyone goes through and everyone experiences at some point on some spectrum that I think it's a totally valid thing to explore through your performance especially since I use my performance so often to explore like very personal traumas or, you know, things I've gone through mentally or my own past, even though it's like through this character. And when, you know, Hollywood is so marketed to like teenagers, like it's also based around this youth. And so when you have really young actors, they might not even know whether or not, you know, they're queer at the time that they're taking a role. And I don't think we should limit that Mm -hmm. to anyone. And I know that's kind of a hot take and not a lot of people agree with that. And that's totally valid but I think as long as you're like conscious of the role you're taking on and wanting to do that work and trying to assess the way you fit into it, that that's okay. But I know a lot of people don't feel the same way. And I think that's totally fair. Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, that brings us to this kind of like art, art life. Yeah. Um, Is there a line and isn't, Art about the creative process, about the journey of breaking boundaries. And, and like you say, this fluidity, you know, I do kind of, it's interesting because I actually agree with you in the sense that I want everyone to have their own perspective on these things. Like I don't, I think if someone's passionate about it, they, they wish it was this way or that way, like they should, they should hold true to that. They should have their voice in that, um, but as an artist myself, I do feel like it's kind of an open landscape for stepping into different cultures and and ethnicities and genders and ages, and that's that's what art is like. You get to do this, you know, and it's like it's exploring a part of the collective psyche, and does it create more division to kind of say like, you should identify this way in order to be this part? You know, I just wonder.
2: I think there are certain identities, like like sexuality is something that I feel is so fluid with every person.
3: Mm-hmm. That
2: exploration in that way is fine. But I think it's really important to, in terms of stories about, I mean, I've played men mm-hmm. and women and I guess people in between. But I I personally identify with all of those parts within myself. Um, and I think it's really special as me as, that I have been given that opportunity to. But I also identify as queer in that way. But when it comes to things like gender or like race, I think it's it's really exciting to be able to give someone who actually has that background Mm -hmm. the voice to explore that because then that just sort of adds to the whole art tapestry Mm -hmm. and even if it's like especially as a writer or director if you want to incorporate those stories into your screenplay or into your story the opportunity to consult with people who actually are a part of those communities is such a gift just to be able to further understand the story that you want to tell and the opportunity that can come out of it. Like, I think is really exciting. So I think it's a level of both of like, sometimes I'm really grateful for the fluidity of like being able to play straight or gay or guy or girl. But then at the same time, like I would never, I don't at this time identify as a trans man. Mm -hmm. And I would never do that. Play a trans man. I mean, Mm -hmm. And I would much rather learn by working alongside someone who does identify that way and seeing what they can bring to that role. But I think that's what's exciting. You know, like we weren't having conversations like this even 10 years ago. I mean, we were starting to with like Laverne Cox, I guess. But um yeah. It feels
0: really fresh.
2: It it is. It is. It's such a it's such a it's something that we're all learning and exploring and reinventing 24-7. And it's like <laughs> Have you ever read The Dispossessed by Ursula Le Guin? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I haven't really either. Like I did for a class, but like it it was a class in like college. Um, But that is about this search for a utopia. And it's about this other alien world that exists that is defined as a utopia. Mm -hmm. And this physicist from this other world goes there. And this physicist has this, this theory of um, the paradox, where it's like, if you throw an apple halfway to a tree, it's only going to get halfway. And you throw it halfway from that point, it's only halfway. And there's this infinite halfway, Mm
1: -hmm. And you will
2: never actually meet the tree with the apple. And it's this thing of like, you are constantly having to do more work and constantly having to push yourself and your limits because you're also going to be in a new place and discovering new things each step of the way Mm -hmm. and you can't a utopia can't really exist the closest we can get to it is like trying to get there you know um and that's so exciting that we get to see that happening like in our industry and shit and it's a really cool book so you should read it I,
0: that sounds really cool. I'm actually up for, I'm up for a good book. I love that. And it is, it's like, it's, it's perception. And it's like the ability to be able to taste something. It's like when you're flying, you know, you can like see the place, but it's like, you're not quite there. And even once you get there, it's not going to be like what you imagined it to be. And it's just this kind of ongoing, like you say, tapestry, you know, it's yeah. ever, ever evolving. Um, and this to me is like icon, like these are all iconic, themes and ideas you know that I think is it's important to recognize that we're all part of this like iconic discovery you know and I wanted to ask you so there's a couple things because on that same plane there's there's like mental health
3: Mm -hmm. and I
0: feel like you touched on depression so um this feels really iconic right now too um the way we're discovering like how to be healthy how to be balanced. what is like sensationalizing to mental health? What's destigmatizing versus like kind of glamorizing it? So I wonder, just like again, what your take on that is because I find it really interesting to to ask this That's question. That's a
2: really good question. I did a research paper. This is slightly different, but it's kind of the same thing. I did a research paper at Berkeley. Um, it was like a semester long research paper on depictions of rape in film Mm. um and the effect that has on an audience and in doing that I watched a bunch of contemporary American films that depicted that and also spoke to um audiences you know people I knew who were in the industry who had nothing to do with the industry who had been affected by that type of trauma who hadn't been um just to see like, is it worth it to even show that Mm -hmm. in any degree? And what I sort of realized was in our representations of these traumas, it's so often sold to us as like one way, as one thing that we receive almost, I don't even, the word validation is not right because it can be so invalidating. Like, in talking to people about these experiences, so many people told me, like, well, I experienced, it was nothing like that, but I experienced this. And if you want to call it a trauma, like, sure. But it, it's, like, no, that's incredibly valid, what you're talking about. Like, that's something you lived through and are always going to have a part of you. And just because, you know, how they show it on Game of Thrones doesn't match what you experience. And so I think, and there was a, one big part of the conversation was, do you know the film L? Um, yeah, I didn't see it okay I recommend watching it it's very controversial um but it follows this this older woman who is assaulted in that way and has a really specific reaction that is one that and people I spoke to have had but i had never seen represented on film before
3: mm-hmm. and it's
2: really just this thing of like I think representing these types of traumas or mental illnesses is very valid but we can't just be telling the same story over and over again Mm -hmm. like it's not just representations of people it's also like making sure we're covering all the bases not in one story but just like in all of our stories and being aware that there are more than just we're telling and i think also being aware that there are people out there who are going to receive this and there's a responsibility that needs to be met there Mm -hmm. um and so when it comes to things like Mental illness, I think if it's done with the right amount of care and research and thought, and you have the awareness of, like, I'm not trying to be the voice for like depression or for all survivors. I'm just trying to tell my one story. And I'm going to consult with a lot of other people who have had similar experiences or experiences very different to build the right thing that I'm trying to depict. Like, I I think that's all you can do, right? And as far as glamorizing it, I mean, there are plenty of shows that do that and plenty of films that do that. Like I remember the the British teen show Skins that oh, I was yeah. obsessed with growing up, totally glamorized so many types of traumas just by almost making it a personality trait mm-hmm. or the full characteristic rather than fully exploring that person and how that was a part of their chemistry rather than the whole thing of it Mm -hmm. in a way that was very like quirky, you know? Yep. And I think it's okay to have people exist in your story to talk about certain issues like that, you know? If you want to have a character that suffers with depression, that's totally valid, but they need to be more than just like an example of depression that serves the protagonist's viewpoint in some way
0: yeah yeah that's that's well said and because like um body dysmorphia and like body image that kind of thing is really prevalent still right like totally totally um, yeah it's just it's wild it's
2: it's scary I mean it's a huge thing that like I as I've grown older have become really aware of and that's something that I think in 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 a lot of ways the industry hasn't shifted on like I think we're we've grown a lot when it comes to sexuality and gender. I think we're growing when it comes to racial representations. But as far as different body types, like because we see a film and we are sold that that is what reality looks like. Because even just the way that films are constructed, like the camera is treated as an eyeball.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's there's a billion things and a billion dollars going into this movie to convince you that this is all real. Mm -hmm. And then so in selling that reality, you're selling like what one type of person looks like because in so many Hollywood movies, you just get a bunch of hot people, which is like, I love to look at hot people. I get it. Mm -hmm. But people can also be hot and not just like super ripped dudes, you know? And I don't think that's something that we've like pushed far enough is really showing like different types of bodies and how people live in them. Um, But it's also a hard conversation to have on set because it makes everybody uncomfortable talking about your own body and how you feel in it you know
0: definitely and to know that the the hot bodies aren't necessarily that hot (laughs) hot in the flesh right like uh, that part of that billion dollars is going to like the lighting and the our instagram went away
2: oh no instagram i'm so sorry
0: let's see maybe I'll come back I don't know how this all works um but uh yeah just like so much is going to uh erasing things blemishes or reconstructing someone's actual body um and it, it is it's a false kind of sense of what's going on you know and so much is is just it's like energy you know <laughs>
2: Fully lose the Instagram Live. Oh, it, it went away. Okay, um, we're
0: telling your followers that you started a live videos. So maybe you can come back, or we'll just finish on Facebook. We'll just.
2: Do, I I can't. I'm I'm gonna make a post and tell people to go see it. Um, hang on one second. live yeah. with
0: Okay, right. Okay, I just invited you on Instagram Live, so I'll maybe, be there. Either convert you I don't know.
2: And Jen. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, social media is so funny. I know. He's so funny. We
0: got
2: backup. Okay. Cool. 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 I'm going live with you. (laughs) Um, I like. Wait, did you invite me? My phone is so old. My manager wants to kill me over my phone. Really? Yeah. It just doesn't ever do anything.
0: Okay, we'll try I'll invite you one more time and then whatever.
2: Ryan.
0: Okay, there, invited
3: again. Why don't I see it?
0: Are you on my page? Yeah, I am. Mm. Oh shit. Yeah, maybe. Um says Ryan is unable to join.
2: (laughs) Uh freaking. I never said no. Wait, can you invite me one more time? Yeah. Ryan. Maybe if I have to turn my internet on and off.
0: All right, I've invited you again.
2: Okay, I'm sorry. Right.
0: This drawing is really nice.
2: Oh, that looks cool. <laughs> uh, I'm excited so to see cool. that. Um... And we were getting such a fun part of our conversation. I know. I love talking about representations. and
0: That's really cool. See how it works. Well, I can, let me see. I can always put the, like, the full playback on uh, hmm. Interesting. I might have, yeah. We'll get the playback off of this one.
2: Okay, so and add it to that sounds cool yeah
0: i don't know why it's doing this
2: um it's a really great writer i read oh i don't have a book here
3: okay
0: i think it's i think i'm actually live again now
2: on instagram okay i see you oh hello i'm on <laughs> So <laughs> request i requested to be in the hey. review request okay okay there we go okay am i on oh accepted i'm joining the live this is magical look at us oh my gosh
0: Okay. so yeah i was just saying that it's just really sad that people especially young girls like really think that they need to literally lose a hundred pounds and be like 20 pounds
2: completely I also one thing I've been thinking about a lot recently is um my being 23 and playing a teenager Mm
3: -hmm.
2: which is super common in our industry but I don't look the way I did when I was like 16 years old like I'm bigger in different places. Mm-hmm. I and it's almost this weird in the way that is that your cat?
3: <laughs> yeah. Houdini. Houdini. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but the way that teenage girls are even written in scripts is so often like beautiful, but she doesn't know it, or like mm-hmm. like gonna be a sexy lady, or just things like that. And when you have an adult playing that made up kid, it almost feels like a weird type of grooming. <laughs> oh hello kitty. He <laughs> <Well, you laughs> wants to join the conversation. He does. <laughs> he um, wants to join. um but yeah it's, it's like and it's it's this really unfortunate thing of I don't know. I think that's why so many young women specifically but young people in general in our industry get put in such scary vulnerable situations. Because teenagers are trying to look like adults and adults are trying to look like teenagers and it's really bizarre and i just did a film where i played 16 and there was this really vulnerable really sad moment where um my character was supposed to show nudity and it was Mm. i thought a really important moment for the film but i was like i'm not going to do that because i don't look the way i did when i was 16
0: mm-hmm.
3: like oh uh, wow okay yeah. like i
2: and i that's not to say i think a 16 year old should go and do that like right. you know but i don't think we need to show kids in that light at all it's important if it's like if you want to show a representation of a kid in a shitty situation where that happens like mm-hmm. we did in this film but i was like But the way my chest looks, Mm -hmm. it's not how I looked then. And I don't Mm want to make a kid freak out over that by lying Mm -hmm. to them. And it's just Mm -hmm. this weird responsibility you have to show your body. Or sometimes I'll be put in an outfit that I really feel gross in. Just because it's not the way I like to wear clothes. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And it's not the way I like my body to look. But maybe it's showing off parts of my body. I don't like because they're not normally shown in movies and I'm like well I guess I'm just gonna have to get over it and show them anyways you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's this weird thing that I've very suddenly recently become conscious of trying to be better about specifically because I'm an adult playing a kid all the time
0: (laughs) yeah do you think like there is this theme of unworthiness that like kind of permeates the psyche a bit to where it is hard to see our own beauty like why
2: (laughs) why is that i think it's because of what we're saying like we even even if it's not in film like even if you don't watch movies you see billboards or you'll be what is that thing in the in the background
0: in 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 front of your face like in my frame
2: oh it's my phone (laughs)
0: Oh, <laughs> sorry, God! That's God, looks so funny. Uh,
2: you're like, what is that? My bad. <laughs> I was like, that looked
0: like um, a balloon or
2: something. <laughs> yeah, that was my phone. Um, <laughs>
0: okay,
2: no, no problem. Sorry. Um, uh-huh. But even if you're not, even if you're not watching film, you're gonna see billboards and you're gonna have ads pop up on your phone. And now Instagram has become a part of this like cycle of representations mm. as well, where we put so much effort in to look effortless especially
3: I know
2: (laughs) I know we do but in like in films you know so many films the baseline goal is realism or ultra realism even but we have a bunch of people doing our makeup and like we have like fashion people like styling us and we have these lights and all these things so we are just constantly being sold that we don't we're not enough because we don't look like this thing that like literally doesn't exist and it's like so fucked (laughs) And we're so
0: programmable.
2: Yeah. Like these
0: images are really, they are iconic. Like it's, it's, it's like, we're them and they're us. It's these projections, you know?
2: It is of this thing you want, you want audiences to see themselves in your characters. So Mm -hmm. you want to be a mirror, but you also are a mirror that is like perfected. So it's this really fucked up thing of like almost getting to that point, but not quite being there. This like uncanny valley that like breaks your brain and the way you perceive yourself and everything. So many um,
3: lies. What are we going to do? It's, it's all
2: lies. <laughs> well, I, I studied, I, I, I took an avant-garde feminism class when I was in college mm. that I honestly didn't love, but. And that's not because of the subject. That's because of the professor I had. But Mm -hmm. anyway. One realization I had was like. Maybe realism is like absolute bullshit. And sometimes it's beautiful. I'm a massive fan of like Sean Baker. Like Mm -hmm. or uh, Andrea Arnold. Like it it can be such a gorgeous thing. But we try to treat the camera like an eyeball. And it's not an eye. It's anything Mm -hmm. but an eyeball and we mm-hmm. can break worlds and, and go to these incredible bizarre places with it why are we like limiting ourselves to sell this lie um mm-hmm.
0: where do you want to see us go with it
2: <laughs> well, I don't know I mean I think god recently I've been getting well okay then you have people like Terrence Malick
3: mm-hmm.
2: who make these movies that feel very real in the way the camera moves the camera feels very alive and finds these very like little hidden moments with the actors but at the same time they all feel like fairy tales Mm -hmm. and these like fantasy films like days of heaven is like the most beautiful film Mm
3: -hmm.
2: i've ever seen in the whole world and it's not that it's necessarily surrealist in any way but it just transports you to this other existence Mm -hmm. like that movie is so american but it doesn't feel like it's set in like Earth's America to me. It feels mm-hmm. like this this weird realm outside of like time or, or time space. is
0: outside. Yep. Mm-hmm. It
2: is completely. Mm-hmm. So I guess that is cool. I mean that is love... where we are. What do you mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're vast, right?
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So it's like, why are we limiting ourselves? It's such a good question.
2: And I, think, I guess we
0: can only be where we are as a, as the species as a collective,
2: but we can push that or we can try mm-hmm. to. And a lot is, of
0: hmm. is, is COVID pushing it, it's helping oh, or
2: maybe. I mean, that's one cool thing that we've seen come about, cool or horrible. I'm not sure, but the the films that we see that are all like on the computer. Uh-huh. like the unfriended movies or or the movie searching with John Cho that I think is actually really great like that's so and I know Mark Duplass just released a a romance film over zoom that's such a cool and kind of scary question of like we so much of our reality takes place over this medium like why uh-huh. don't we explore what the how the eyeball works like within that
3: And it's really cool.
2: It's also, sometimes it feels really flashy and sort of like a gimmick, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a cool thing to work to explore and get towards. Or even how Sean Baker, like, filmed Tangerine on an iPhone. Like, that Mm -hmm. sounds maybe initially like a gimmick, but it is really, you know, he did that to serve the performance of these two women who had never acted before to my knowledge that they had never acted before mm-hmm. and got like oh, some yeah. of the most incredible performances of all time out of them. Like that's so cool. So I hope yeah. maybe COVID's doing it. COVID has done it to me in that when I do work on a film now I feel so, so, so grateful in a way that I haven't in a long time mm-hmm. to just be around mm-hmm. people and to be able to have this like deep intimacy and connection with these people And it feels like a really lucky little magic space to get to exist in. And I think that makes our performances and our presence only that much more real because we've been shut off for it. And I've also begun to realize like I can, I need to give everything that I possibly can right now because I don't know the next time that I'm going to be able to. So when it serves the scene or the film or the character, I'm just going to. Put it all out on the line, I guess. And I didn't necessarily feel that way before COVID. So, so
0: gratitude, you found more depth and gratitude and just
2: intense gratitude for the like,
0: crafts.
2: And like desperate presence, kind of yeah. in a way that was like, <laughs> I don't know the next time I get to do this. Mm-hmm. So, I have to do it now. Like, in so many ways, Especially when you're not working on a set, it feels like your industry is dying. Um, we see movie theaters collapsing, mm. and you know, studios shuttering, and, and and it can be so sad and so scary. So when you're there, I'm just like, I'm gonna like bleed onto the lens, like I'm just gonna fucking go for it. Um,
0: it's so cool. Sometimes,
2: sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you need to be a lot more reserved, and that's really fun and cool too. But. The last film I did, I played just this insane 16 year old. Um
0: and in what? In in with the one you did in Mill Street, in Mill Valley. Mill Valley. I like Fear Street.
2: Mill Fear Street, Mill Valley. Well, Fear Street's also a crazy 16 year old. But -hmm. she was Mm -hmm. (laughs) cool Fear Street, yeah. In Fear Street, she was just this really sad projection of fun. And in like who was just like, okay fuck it. I'm going to project like I don't give a fuck and I am so desperate to live as much as I can. Whereas in this film the character is similarly chaotic but more she had so, so, so much privilege that she wasn't aware of so she was able to go too far like all the time Mm -hmm. and was almost desperately trying to be shut down and told no. Um and so it, that was really freeing. And that I was just like, this girl is crazy and has never been told no before and has no social cues. So I'm just going to fucking go for it. And it was exhausting and it was really fun. Oh my
0: God. I'm like, hmm, we really do have to do something together. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm down. I'm always my, down. My work's been declared by many avant-garde. I, I like never used that. See, I didn't study film and I did, I'm not even like a film buff. Like I've seen a lot of obscure stuff and like I know like really weird things about weird things and like not a lot about most things (laughs) like in terms of film in terms of film I like I love like I love like quantum mechanics and like relativity and weird shit like that but that's a part of it you know like that's a part of like this exploration and these dimensions and like what we can do you know um but as I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, hmm, we can go places. This <laughs> sounds like it sounds really fun.
2: It is fun. It's so fun. It's so fun to just let yourself become a different human being for a month. But it can also be really This was also this last month of me working on this movie was a big exercise in separating myself from the person I was playing because I so often use it for therapy, which I still do and I still did but I was like, "This girl is so toxic. Like, you cannot be this person. <laughs> like, you really need to pump the brakes a little bit on your off days because you're being nuts." Um, but that was fun. <laughs> that was a fun exercise too. Um,
0: well, it's like really refreshing to hear you talk because you've obviously you've gone through a lot. You've already you've lived many lives and worn many hats. You know, I think we all do in our own way. Um, but you have like just such a playfulness still like you don't seem jaded do you ever feel jaded
2: yeah all the time but i i also i mean it's it's just easy to but i i think i i do love my playfulness and i think it's because i i love i do love movies like more than anything else i love watching movies and making films and i think that's because i was a part of it when i was so young and it was just fun to me and so i know how important that fun is while you're working. Cause I also know while our films hold so much weight and you know, we've been talking about how they shift like reality for so many people, like that's totally true. At the same time, we're not like curing cancer or building rockets. Like we're doing really silly, stupid stuff. So it's important to like have fun with it. Um, and I think that's, yeah. that's part of like, I, I gained that from being like a kid or doing this which is really special and I hope I don't ever lose that
0: did you know (laughs) you were working with such like at the time iconic people as you were coming up you worked with some really amazing talent amazing talent
2: yeah I sort of like I had seen like I worked with Coppola I had seen the outsiders Mm -hmm. and loved the outsiders I didn't know what like a giant he was I knew he was important Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, he made The Outsiders. I love that film. And I didn't realize what a bizarre, special experience it was getting to work with Francis Ford Coppola when I was, like, 11 or however old. I was like, I'm just here doing the thing. When I worked with, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, I had seen Titanic and Gilbert Grape. And it was very much that thing of, like, oh, those are really special, really great roles. But I didn't understand, again, what a giant was. Mm -hmm. Um.
0: And did you feel I think, that? I think it's kind of cool for people to hear like did you feel that in his presence or were, it was very human it was a very humanizing
2: experience. So 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 humanizing. I mean this was, you know, mm-hmm. I, I haven't met I haven't met the man in like 10 years or something. Yeah. But he was very sweet. I was just a kid. You don't have to be nice to kids on sets. Yeah. But he walked up to me and he was like, "Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Leo. What's your name?" He would like play with me and Ty. He'd like bought us like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really, really thoughtful and kind. You know, like Francis asked me a lot of questions about myself and made sure that I felt apart. Fran- the, the, the Coppola was experience was crazy because we filmed in this little ghost town. Our whole entire set was this one ghost town that no one lived in anymore. And it was just us. And all of the cast stayed on a barn on his vineyard that had been converted into like an inn. Um, and it was really communal and really special mm. in that way. Like it didn't feel like, you know, uh, you're on set of like Iron Man or something mm-hmm. like it. And I think those are, the, the more special they are, the more like close knit and collaborative it can all mm-hmm. feel, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. and like kind of tribal it's like a sacred space it is like,
2: it so is meeting
0: of like the, the vision and the mind
2: yeah yeah um and some people you know don't feel like that Maybe. I've worked with some <laughs> people who are these big giants and they know it and they like let you know it mm-hmm. um
0: and they're probably profoundly insecure and we have a lot of compassion, but it's not nice.
2: Yeah. It cannot feel good, but it's something that it's, you know, they're also like very talented and have worked very hard. And it's something that you in interacting with that just have to remember, like, like, oh, I'm so grateful that I get to experience like this talent of this person. And I hope I'm never like that as a human being. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it just makes you it just reminds you of like the things you are grateful of and the experiences you are grateful for, you know? But I and haven't the people had you do want is, the people you
0: do want to the people you do wanna surround yourself with, like it's kind of like a cosmic like filter. It's like, all right, check never again, thank you. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, truly. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's so less about like their to me at least, like their names and where they've been and more like do I respond to like on the most basic level, like the work that they do. And do I enjoy their company? And like, those are the people that I want to work with. Um, Yeah.
0: yeah. It's so cool. And I think, you know, we've talked from through the lens of the industry that we're in, but these things really apply to life, like playfulness and loving what you do and um, healthy boundaries and like all these things you kind of covered representation. Like, it's just sort of like applicable, I feel across the board. So it's really, really cool.
2: I hope so. I hope. I hope in love.
0: Someone just said this is so so insightful. Thank you. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm
2: so glad. I hope you. I hope you feel it. I'm so. (laughs) I've been getting a lot of like letters recently from people who have watched Fear Street. Um, specifically a lot of queer teenagers who were like, "This means so much to me to see this on screen," and it's like it means so much to me that you're able to see it and respond to it and feel it. Like that's so. Because you make this thing and it does feel so tribal and insular, mm-hmm. and you just hope that anyone gets to see it at all. And then to hear that it actually touches people is crazy. And it means so much. And it's a whole different level of like why you're doing it, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. I am so excited so cool. to reconnect. And yeah, um, I wanna actually. I don't know if I want to show Chelio's art on Instagram. How would I do it? I
2: want to see it. Yeah.
0: I'll turn the camera I, to my computer. Wait. Yeah, can you can do
2: that. Wait, I can where, see I your. I can see me.
0: Wait. Can
2: yeah. I can do it. I can do you it. You do it. You do it. I'm it. Let, let me pin. Okay, it's pixelated. But ah, oh, there it that's is. really cool.
0: All right. We're going to go to Wait. Facebook and talk about it. Um, I'm going to get off of Instagram. So I'm going to say goodbye. You have a lot of people people from all over the world on Instagram.
2: <laughs> Hi, everyone um, from all over the world.
0: <laughs> talking a lot in Portuguese. I think you got a lot of Brazilians that follow you.
2: Love Brazil.
0: Me too. Me too. <laughs> I've never um, been,
2: but one day.
0: Oh, I love it so much. Um, all right. Thank you, Instagram. Thanks for having me. Yes. All right. We're going to just shoot over to the computer. All okay, right. I'm sick. Going off of Instagram. Yeah. And now okay. share to IGTV. Well, let me, okay. Wait.
2: Okay. So mm-hmm. now I'm refilling my headphones for the computer. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Great. Amazing. Hello. Tell this- you.
1: Oh, cool. Can you come uh-huh. Okay. Solo. So today is happen amazing girl draw. So, mm. so we have uh, many things inside, it's uh, happened very fast. <clears throat> so, uh, we see a very beautiful, transparent hope, and somebody with a very powerful energy. Wow. This energy push on you this energy. You see? That's so, cool. So, you are not static. You are in movement. You really? are in movement from energy. Somebody very po- is all woman happen. So, uh, this woman is very energetic for you, is very powerful woman and the ray and energies move you. So you are in direction, you understand? Mm-hmm. So you have all this energy from this person can give you a lot of energy and then keep you not static, but in movement. We have another very nice, sweet woman. Um, can Look it down and this from the throat, throat, throat. So they uh, show all you this uh, a gothic path, like uh, a gothic uh, um, doors, like old uh, church doors with the secret path and the light in the end, you see is the end light Mm. is your path, but from your path, from behind, from downstairs, so the other don't know you. So you decide your path, personal path, very, 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 Close inside to you from your soul. This is your soul. Mm. But they say maybe it's your mom, and say you have to follow this path by hand from back and see your light, and you build your building. You see, is your building. Wow! You build all your building from your uh, path. In this corner, we see a curious. This is a man. This is many men, all curious. It's curious. You see, the eyes, the mouth, you see. Mm-hmm. So this is another man. This is another man. This is another man, but it's behind. I don't know why this happened like this. So I want to respect the draw because the perception uh, made this. So mm-hmm. I Give freedom to my end and all happened and we have flowers, we have a flower. The other side, one side is curious. People talking about you, something. One flower happened because they make question. What happened? Who is this? What do you understand? What she you do? The other side is clean. It's only one flower, like pure, like uh, like is uh, this. So the energy push you in this direction, in the same direction we have a flower. So you look for a beautiful, the face is uh, the uh, transparent hope. You are very Mm. nice. You are very, uh, maybe a little tired, but you see, you are are not uh, um, scared. You are not... uh, um, terrified, you are not stressful, yeah. uh, so a little tired, but you know, your path is okay, your energy is good, the battery is amazing, a mother or the best friend, this is a throat. to the voice and say, put you in this corner, say, follow your path from your back, from in Underwear, you understand, under, (laughs) you follow your light and you build your building. Curious and flower. This is what's happening in 40 minutes today.
0: So you have a lot of light under you and coming through you.
2: That's so So nice. (laughs) That's beautiful. That's really, that's really incredible that you were able to make all of this and it feels so good to look at like I feel so light looking at this
1: I I think it's you because um, this is the energy uh, um, coming from you so I perceive this and this happened so uh, I only read what's up you understand I
0: like this idea of you being a little tired because you just came off a movie
2: I am a little tired (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> definitely a little scared, but feeling good i guess
0: and i like this like he kind of presented this like mystique around you and like this curiosity people have about you
2: and it's
0: like very exciting
2: oh that feels so i don't know why it's almost like do you ever get a tarot reading and you're like oh okay that's where i'm supposed to go yes. that's what it feels like this feels very encouraging and just nice <laughs>
0: Your path, he kept saying. Your path.
2: My yep, path, and that yeah. feels really nice to know that I'm on one at all. I guess. It's, a <laughs>
1: it's a secret path. It's your path. Nobody, nobody know you walk inside of there. Try to know, but they they don't see you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Light. That's like
0: a quote by Ryan. It's nice to know I'm on a, I'm on one at all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love that. It is a secret little path that I maybe makes sense to me. Aww.
1: Yes,
0: somewhere inside. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you,
2: Chelio.
1: Yes, I I switched the camera. So okay.
2: Thank you so much, Chelio. That was beautiful.
1: Thank yeah. you, thank you. I appreciate it.
2: What was the book title again? The Dispossessed. The Dispossessed. Okay, that's a great. It's a great. I mean, she's a phenomenal Ursula K. Le Guin. She's like
0: uh, an epic. Yeah. Film in the making. I like got visuals when you were. Oh, The
2: Dispossessed. Yeah. Yeah, It's a crazy. It definitely. It's a very visual book too. All of her stuff is really crazy. Sci-fi feminist. She also has an incredible fantasy series. But you should definitely read it. I'm
0: gonna check this out. Okay, cool. This was amazing. This was really fun.
2: I know. I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank you guys so much. This was so special. Yeah, when
0: the episode's up on the channel, I'll tell you.
2: Yeah, please do.